Members to our latest edition of Best of Worst of. My name is Daniel Fogel, and I am the VP of Content and Community here at Recruiting Blogs. Today, I'm joined again by my friend, the very charming and very funny Amy Alla. Amy, uh, for any of the listeners out there who might not know you already, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. I'm Amy Alla. I'm a recruiter with Microsoft. I've been a recruiter for. I think I'm going into my 16th year. That's crazy, right? Wow. And I've been a tech recruiter for about three years, so kind of went the other way from where I started way back in the day. (laughs) 16 years is impressive. Me and my circle of friends, we've taken to calling those things. uh, 16 years would be a driver. I've been a recruiter uh, for a driver. When you hit a voter, that's a really good one, or when you've been one since you've been a drinker, (laughs) then it's time to think about retiring. Yeah. So, uh, again, members, the concept of our best of, worst of stems from the fact that I've always find, uh, found that it's sometimes easier to be learning from the worst example than from the best example. So today we're going to be exploring the best of, worst of uh, with candidate engagement and see if we can find some helpful advice uh, to help you guys out and help improve the process you have at your work. So Amy just presented on this topic, uh, topic with us specifically in regards to tech talent on a recent webinar. So if you guys are interested in learning about that, check out the Recruiting Webinars page and look for the webinar, How to Engage Tech Talent. We spoke quite a bit about some best practices on engaging tech talent, but I always like to start by hearing some of the uh, horror stories. So I went out on the web and I found some stuff that was kind of uh, cringeworthy, but one was a, uh, a recruiter and uh, the, uh, the candidate, and the candidate was surprised to see the recruiter Googling interview questions and asking them real time. His exact words as he started the interview was like, well, let me Google some questions real quick. Or uh, a story about a guy who uh, had the interview scheduled but then rescheduled eight times before it actually ever uh, took place. And then the last one was uh, one guy writing about uh, waiting for his chance to interview and being locked in a room all day when he was only given a 20-minute break for a cigarette and coffee run and then sent back to the room to wait again. After waiting like all day long for his interview without eating, he was asked a single question that was dismissed and he said he felt he didn't give his best performance because he saw uh, leftover pizza boxes in the room and all he could think about was eating. So probably maybe that's you know a bit of two-way stuff. But... Like interviewing in North Korea, what in the world <laughs> That's uh, it's going to be scary. So, what's the worst candidate engagement experience uh, either you've ever had, or any bad stories you kind of heard from around, or other candidates you're connecting with, and the things that they're upset about? You know, I've undoubtedly provided some bad experiences myself. I'm, I'm sure I've been on the the wrong side of that, and I'll, I'll try to come up with some examples because I'm transparent to a fault. But you did just remind me of one that I had really, really early on. This is actually my pre-recruiting days, um, and maybe somehow subconsciously planted the seed that this is what I wanted to, to be when I grew up. But I remember, God, this must have been back in maybe the mid '90s. I started recruiting in. I think 99, so this is maybe like 95, 96, and I had interviewed um, for a receptionist job at a casino, Oh, actually, and yeah, I didn't get the job, but I remember being in the interview and, and feeling like, you know, I was as prepared as I could be, and I knew how to answer the phone, and I, I was learning to type, and, you know, kind of had all these, these mid-90s receptionist stuff down, you know? 
And uh, the woman read questions off of a piece of paper, no eye contact whatsoever. But she had like this list of um, kind of pre-written, pre-prepared questions. And she looked at the paper the entire time, read the question in like absolute total monotone, and then wrote down my answer and then off to the next. Oh. There was never a chance for us to really engage. We never shook hands. I don't even think we asked each other like our names and introduced ourselves. <laughs> so it was really weird. And I remember kind of looking at her the whole time going, man, if I had her job, this is not how I would be. <laughs> Maybe she's a first-time reader. It's like those are like words she was still struggling through. That, that happens. No, I mean, she, yeah, she was... Uh, Terrible, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was... It was, it was pretty bad, and I remember just feeling so completely um, just disengaged. And I'm, you know, barely, I don't, gosh, I was maybe 21 at the time. Like, I was young, and this was kind of my first professional interview gig, and, you know, totally uncomfortable and not sure at all of what I was doing. And, and it just, she was so closed off, and I obviously didn't get the job, but I don't know if that's because of me or because of her, to be honest. Oh, true. Terrible. I would imagine she probably put off a lot of people from that company during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Really weird. Now, I think for me it's probably like the really super generic kind of pitch or like you were talking yeah. about, kind of reading or talking just like straight off like a script or realizing uh, that the recruiter hasn't looked into like my background at all. Uh, right. Go on. I'm oh, sorry. And the, no idea who you are. Yeah. The the other thing I think is probably um, for like the recruitment process, like the lack of communication on where you stand in the process. Yeah. So it's like if you have no idea what your next steps are, uh, you're not sure what uh, to expect. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure we probably hear some comp- or some comments from candidates out there too who've just fallen into that black hole of a company's ATS, yeah. which is like you put something out and you just never hear anything back. So. Those, I think, are some of the other horror stories that, that I've kind of heard about. But is the flip side, what about the, the best candidate engagement experience? Like, you know, for you personally, or what did they do that was so special or memorable? And, you know, why does that experience stand out to you now? And why do you reflect back on it? You know, there's, there's been a couple, and there's a, there's a theme I've noticed when I was thinking about this prior to our call. Um, that really kind of jumped out for me personally as a candidate. And it's been a really warm introduction. I know this isn't always possible, but I've been really, really fortunate that a lot of the roles that have come my way have been, you know, people I know in the company or in the business, you know, they've made referrals. And what's been great from a candidate experience for me is when the recruiter calls me and says, hey, I talked to your friend Kim. She said these things about you. This is why I'm interested in talking with you. And, and it's just a really warm kind of friendly introduction, but it's more than just, I got your name. It's, we had this conversation. She said this specific thing about you. No, it's you know? a it's connection. Like, oh, okay, yeah. you really know my, my colleague, my friend. You really had this, you know, maybe it's a 30-second conversation, but it was enough that there was a tangible something that we can start our conversation from. No, that you was and, and that totally. It feels really good. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, my friend thinks I'm great and offered to, you know, share my name. And, and you are a nice enough, decent enough recruiter to have a human conversation before calling me. So it, it just feels really good. And it feels natural and warm and, you know, kind of takes some of the uh, robotic nature of the job no, out of it. That robotic thing is perfect. I think it's really about yeah. the kind of human experience and thinking of, 
of the person oh. as a person. But I think for me, it's, it's the same kind of deal. It's uh, you know a recruiter who bothered to look at like what my interests are, and they were connecting with me first before making any kind of pitch. It was like something that we had in common, asking yeah. about something they knew I was interested, passionate about. Really doing that before either making a pitch for me or like asking me for referrals. So. Um, yeah, totally. Then that, and then keeping you in the loop on like those next steps, what the timeline is looking like. I mean, ideally, I don't, I don't, kind of on the on the fence on this, but uh, feedback on how I've been doing in the process. I think it's kind of tough as a recruiter. I think as a candidate, they kind of want something, but like, you know, I know a lot of the recruiters I know are not entirely uh, interested in, in giving a whole lot of that feedback in the moment. So. <laughs> And I think it's, and this is, again, not an area that I do the best at. I'll be the first to admit I dropped this ball quite more than um, I would like to admit. But I think even just letting someone know you don't know anything. You know, hey, I know it's been a week since we talked last. I'm really sorry I don't have anything for you. I don't know anything, but I didn't want you to think I'd forgotten you. I think even just of that, there's some value to that because you're still acknowledging that there's a live person on the other side of this process. No, you know? that's the... Sometimes we get into this so busy craziness and we, we act like, you know, the, it's another super just hit me. Really, really, really bad experience that a personal friend of mine had. It was really bad. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so busy. Um, he was actually working as an employment counselor for the state of Washington back in the day. And this is a, a young man who was separating from the military, who was a junior officer, who was getting out of the service, had no idea what to do as a civilian, totally lost. I said, and I said, you know, there's this great company, starts with an A, uh, they have logistics, and they also have a really great military recruiting presence and function, and I really feel like this could be a great place for you to go. Um, said, okay, great. So I helped him with his resume. I made calls. I you know, kind of did all this stuff to help hook him up. And the recruiter totally missed two phone screens. Just totally, just didn't even call, didn't, didn't call, didn't write, nothing. Wow. Not there. Finally got rescheduled the third time, had the call, rushed through it because she is so busy, made sure that he knew that several times, just how busy she was. And he finally had an in-person and she was supposed to, like, kick it off or meet him or, you know, introduce him to the interview panel or whatever it was. I can't remember the exact. It's been a few years now. But the whole time, like, he gets there. She's running late. So he's already probably five or ten minutes into his supposed interview time by the time she shows up. She whisks him away. They're, they're like, basically sprinting down this hall. And she's just, oh, I'm just so busy. I have so much going on. And, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, is this not my time yeah <laughs> she really made this this point i don't know that she did it on purpose but kind of made this effort for him to get that he was really lucky to have five seconds of her time to walk him down the hall you know it was really really bad i, I have a couple of stories about that too some of the stuff that i read was like you know uh the recruiter calls like an hour after the time and it's like i had to leave to go pick up my kid from school and it's like they call and they can't understand why i'd be frustrated that you blew off and didn't bother to tell me oh an hour later now i'm, I'm good for it yeah and, 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 and stuff happens i get that i have four kids believe me i know things happen with kids but at least fire off a quick email or you know apologize i mean just even saying i'm sorry and and being genuine yeah. really goes a long way 
I think it, you kind of nailed it. The it's the transparency of the process was, you know, yeah. it's, it, I might not have all the answers, but if I can tell you, here's where we stand now, and here's what I think we should expect, and here's what we're going to do next. I'm running late. I have to do reschedule this. It's you know, trying to be in the moment and do that, yeah. not you know, yeah. not inconvenience the person back as well. I think there's kind of from a candidate experience standpoint, it's um. If you've got a pipeline of a whole lot of candidates, it's like you're doing lots of things, but each one of them is this is their only interaction with you and the brand. So you kind of want to do what you can to make it special. Exactly. They may be having multiple interactions with multiple brands, but a lot of times you are the single touch point to your sometimes very large organization. So don't screw it up for everybody else. Yeah. Burn that bridge. So, I mean, if you could blow up that candidate engagement process and redesign it, um, what should everybody be doing that they aren't? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I would like to see more transparency, I think. I like that. Uh, you know, and, and, and what do I mean by that, right? Because that's really easy to say, but unless you back it up something specific, it's just a buzzword. So let me, let me think, how do I, what do I mean by that? <laughs> I'd like to be able to, and I do this as much as I can, although again, being part of a larger brand, I try to be careful because I don't want to misrepresent my company or say something that, that would not be, you know, well-received, but at the same time, being honest and being real. So I'd love to be able to say, here's our process, okay, here's step one, where we're at, here's what steps two, three, and four look like, here's what you can expect throughout those steps, and, you know, it, it may or may not culminate with, with an offer or whatever, but to really, you know, and... and I don't want to get into all the kind of the specific layers of that because that's probably a whole other oh, yeah. in itself. But to just be able to say, you know, you can expect to hear either this or that within a week, right? Or yeah. you can expect if we are going to – and sometimes it's even just saying, if I'm going to move forward with you as a candidate, you're going to know that in the next week. If, God forbid, some reason you don't hear from me in a week – you can take that as an answer. It's a shitty answer. Yeah. But it, it could At least be it's, yeah. an answer, right? So just to have that level of honesty and transparency, they're still probably not going to be happy that they don't get that specific closeout, you know, hey, we're not moving forward. But at least just knowing that there's a time frame here, and if it doesn't happen, you know, that that's a sign. I, I don't know. But, again, it doesn't mean that they're not – going to be in the pipe for other roles no that's true like we need to have a conversation but you know if you're to a point where you've moved a conversation to a point where we're talking about a specific role there's got to be a time frame there's got to be a deadline and there's got to be either move it forward or close it out and part of that comes from us being able to better manage our hiring managers oh good before letting hiring managers sit on submissions for you know, three, four, five days without any kind of response or idea of next step, that puts us in a position to not give an answer back to our candidates, which just, you know, again, then we're back to the same problem of candidates think we're jerks. Yeah. I think, too, there's one thing you kind of seized on that just reminded me of the, um, like what GE does with their silver medal winners, like the people who weren't the best fit for the job. And I think it's like those guys, if we're identifying them in the process, like there's got to be a whole other level of like, an extra bit of candidate engagement for these people because if they're not the right candidate and now you want them to have that really good experience that they're, you know, when they've got those extra skills in two years that they still think of your brand as a positive thing and when it's the time to bring them on board, they'll, they'll want to come back and be excited about it. 
So, yeah, totally, totally. Now, I think there's so the transparency. I think is important to me. I think um, you know, and it's it's tough with it being a volume business for some of the recruiters, but you got to be like tailored in the interactions and do the research and know who they are and what they're interested in. And you know, I think at the beginning, you and I kind of talked about it. But what do you have in common with the person when you're building that connection, and then really kind of knowing if you can what their goals are, long term and short term. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a valuable question just from the start. You know, it, and I and I try to even you know, being kind of volume to some degree in my own job right now, um, just, hey, this is what I have. These are the kinds of things we can offer within my group and even outside of my group in the larger organization. Um, but with that in the back of your mind, what do you want? If what you want lines up with something that I have or that a colleague has or that exists somewhere in the company, great. Let's connect you to the right person if it's not me. But what do you want within that framework? No, it's you know, good. If we just start the conversation there, it, you, you start on a whole other level with a can as opposed to, well, I've got this, you know, this round hole, so come on over here, square peg. Let's shove you in here. No, that's, that's the wrong yeah, the, I think a lot of my interviews used to be, um, you know, here's here's what the most successful people are doing in this job, and this is the pros of doing this job, and this is the cons of doing this job. And if you hate things like ABC, then this is not going to be for you. But if you love this exactly. stuff, then like, but again, it's it's all about like kind of transparency and honesty. You're, you're building the relationship with them, and it's kind of like you have a bit of camaraderie because you're not blowing smoke up their ass like a lot of the other people that they're going to talk to. And um, I think they end up like leaving with that trust. That's those people too who give you great referrals. Is like, here's this person who's no BS with me, and I know where I stand. And this might not have been for me, but I now have a friend or a colleague who's into this, and this is going to be helpful. Yeah. Can we just can we just take like a no BS pledge? Yeah. Can we make that our mission? We'll make that <laughs> the hashtag of this one. <laughs> can make it a hashtag. It might just look like knobs, though. It might be hard. It needs, I like know, an underscore. I think we're trying so hard to sell people that we're forgetting. That, that they're they're people, you know. We're forgetting that there's this other element to this whole job search process or this whole recruiting process, and we're just trying to, you know, pluck people off of a candidate shelf and shove them into open positions. And we're forgetting that there's a, a human being behind the, uh, you know, this whole this resume. You know, there's a person attached to these skills that you need to do a job. No, good point. Now, I guess um, if you had to distill it down to like, you know three to five takeaways, something that like, you know, this is, this is what you'd need to know. The Amy Ala hit list of like uh, candidate engagement. What, what would you say? Less is more. This I know flies in the face of a lot of being <laughs> advice, but I would rather make 10 phone calls and have seven solid conversations that could potentially move forward than make a hundred phone calls and be, you know, stressed out that I got three or four and, and have less time to spend with the three or four because I'm so busy dialing the phone 95 more times, right? So yeah. really just less is more. More gifted, uh, personalized conversations with the right kind of talent would be one. Um, transparency, just case. Perfect. Here's what the process typically looks like. Here's where I'd like to make it better. But FYI, right now, here's our reality. That would be number two. Number three Follow up, even if you've got nothing to follow up on. Hey, I know nothing, but I want you to know that I know nothing. So now we both know nothing. <laughs> so at least there's a, a sense of security that, well, if she'll call me with nothing, how much more likely is she to call me with something, right? Better odds. Um, and then finally, just um, how can you help? 
you know, especially if you get to the point where it's not the right fit. We're not going to move forward with an interview. We're not going to make an offer. That's craptastic news. Nobody likes to share. But once that's out there, rip the Band-Aid off. Sorry it's not going to work this time. But what can I offer you that's going to help get you to where you want to go? Can I introduce you to a recruiter friend at another company? Yeah. Can I point you to some, some uh, you know, courses that you can take to sharpen your programming skills? Whatever. Ask a question, and it could be nothing. Screw you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. But it could be, hey, you know what? You're the only recruiter I've talked to in six months that actually cared about where I go from here. That will set you apart all by itself right there. And I like that. I like that. Hopefully we can get some people on board to uh, having that little last conversation. But give me a little curveball here. If you said something that just made me think. When you're uh, interacting, do, do you um, do you talk to the candidate and find out, like, you know, what's the best way to be interacting with you? Do you do you have people who are email first, phone call second, like texting? Like, is it yeah. Like- you know, that's a really good point. And I think we, we get so bogged down in, you know, being beat over the head with the phone and, you know, you're not a real recruiter if you don't pick up the phone and uh, we talked about this before, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I ask, you know, I, I usually will start with an email. Hey, I saw your, your background. Hey, I've got this shot. Whatever it is, whatever my match is, um, can we set up a time to talk? So it's always blocking the time. I don't just call people cold out of nowhere because they have lives and families and jobs and everything, but schedule that 20, 30 minute phone call. At the end of that phone call, what is the best way for me to update you? Do you prefer email? Is it okay to call your cell phone? If you'd like a text, I could text you. I have teenagers. I know how to do that. Yes. <laughs> you know, but, but instead of asking the question, what's the best way for me to update you? I, a lot of times it is email, and that's okay, but I let them tell me. I, I look for likes on my Instagram account. That's how you guys can get out, contact me. Just uh, <laughs> Instagram, but we'll see. Someday I'll get sucked in. <laughs> oh. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, members, thank you for joining us for our latest Best of Worst of. Uh, we would love to hear what you guys think. Um, you know, What's the, the best experience you've had candidate engagement? Why? What's the worst that's going on? What are the horror stories that you've heard out there? Add a comment below, or you can tweet me at Daniel underscore trending, and you can tweet Amy at a la recruiter. But uh, pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you guys again, Amy. Uh, thank you. I can't wait till we connect on one of these again and uh, members will look for you guys uh, very soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Daniel. Thank you for listening to this recruiting daily podcast.